So, um, it's our last uh, of our series. We've been um, dotting through the start, the introduction of Paul's letters uh, to different churches. So they were churches around Greece and Turkey. He was writing, he was writing encouragements to, to all the different people. Uh, they were churches that were in a pagan, ungodly environment. They were cities that were obsessed with temple sets. They were many gods. In fact, it was just like today. They were churches in towns and cities just like uh, today. Looks like the 21st century. And the church that Paul wrote to, we're going to look at this week, is Thessalonians. We mentioned last week, it was a church started under massive pressure and uh, turmoil. Okay, if you were going to start a church, it wasn't like the ideal growing conditions. But Paul um, had preached, then he had to flee, flee the city. His companions sort of hid away. And then he sent later Timothy to find out as his church collapsed. He didn't get off to a very good start. But the church was thriving. Church was thriving. And then last week we looked that the church, so the word church, the church of the Thessalonians, isn't about a person, it's about a family, a community. We're the church of Open Door. We're the church in Ketterton and others too in different places. But we're the church. And often we read letters to Paul, we read the Bible, and we think through our West, we've been ingrained that everything about it is the individual. But the Bible's written to a family. It's written to an us. It's written to us. And so this whole letter, it says Paul, Timothy, and Silas, or Paul, Silas, and Timothy. So there's three people writing a letter. You think, how does that work? Okay, they're writing in community. They're writing to a community, to the church in Thessalonians, or the church uh, in, in Ketron. And we saw that there's d- diverse gifts. Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Paul the Apostle. Like, you know, he was, he was a terrorist hunting down Christians, wanted to kill them. Now he's partnering with Timothy, who we understand is a bit of a timid guy. He's a pastor teacher in Ephesus. And then there's Silas. Silas is a prophet. Paul and Silas were the ones that were in jail. Remember in a Philippi, the, Philippi, the Philippi jail, and they were singing in the night. So Paul and Silas, I imagine them being a bit more rugged than, you know, bit, they were the guys, we can sing in jail and we get free. And Timothy's the one, and Paul says, Timothy, have a little bit of wine for your stomach. You know, I know you get a bit tense. But there's, there's, God just brings them together and they're writing this letter. God does that in church. I mean, just look around. God puts diversity together because he is diverse. God is family. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit operate in complete unity, family. And so everything that God communicates is about community. Is about community. So when we are, when we are practicing and learning and growing in community, we're expressing who God is. God isn't uh, God isn't, uh, flip it around, God is family, God is partnership, God is community, God is investing in each other. So when we feel, Lord, I've reached the end, I don't know if I can do this, we look to God and say, God, would you give me who you are to enable us to be who you've called us to be? And whether we're watching at home and we're going to be gathering back in September, we're waiting for September, or people here, you're coming, actually as we take these steps, we are expressing who God is community and family and connection we we can have confidence that god who's begun a good work in us building community will carry it on for all the knocks and the twists and turns 
we can have confidence and we can have fellowship with one another. So let me read you the start of the Thessalonian second letter. Paul, Silas and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, us in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We spoke previously, grace and Paul keeps starting, grace and peace. What's this thing about grace and peace? Remember, grace and peace is who God is. It's his nature, it's not his behaviour, he is grace and peace. Grace and peace to you from God the Father, Lord Jesus Christ. We can't help but thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Hey, this could be open door. Your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Therefore... Among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you're enduring. And we get to boast about the church. So, we're going to look at why is Paul so obsessed with thankfulness in his letters? You know, every single one of them, when we started um, some weeks back, started in 1 Corinthians, he starts by writing, I thank God for you. Now, if you know the Corinthian church, it was a bit of a mess. It was a wild jumble. It was not, if you were growing a church and leading a church, I thank God for you. I mean, he was thanking God. He says, I thank God for you because of his grace giving you. Paul's thanking God because of his grace. Then he writes to the Philippians, I thank God every time I remember you. Or the Colossians, we always thank God when we pray for you. Because we've heard of your faith and love. Then Thessalonians last week. We thank God for all of you. All of you? Some of you? All of you. And now today he says, we can't help but thank God for you, brothers and sisters. How come he's so thankful? I mean, why? Is that how we would write? Actually, there's a few points I need to get to. You know, it's really great. Some of Actually, I can't help but thank God for you. All of you, brothers and sisters. So two questions. How come he's so thankful? And what's he so thankful about? And the second question is a bit easier to, and shorter, so well, I'll start with that one. What is he so thankful about? I thank God for you. I thank God every time I remember you. We thank God when we pray for you. I thank God for all of you. We can't help but thank God for you, brothers and sisters. What's he thankful about? Community. You. Paul is he's bubbling over with relationship, with connection. I can't help but thank God for you. Now, Paul is, has been a devout Jew, a Christ-hater and a hunter-down of Christians. Now he's saying, I thank God for you. Something's happened, hasn't it, in his heart. He's gone from, I'm going to kill you, and if I, oh, I'm going to hunt you down if I find you, I will kill you, to, oh, I thank God for you. I wonder, where, where are you on that journey? Oh, other Christians, oh. I thank God for you. We said last week, actually, if we followed Christ, Christ says, I love you. So as we're in him, we will be more and more like that. If God do a work. So even though they're non-Jewish background believers, they're brought into family, he says, you're brothers and sisters. And I thank God for you. And we thank, Dave and I, we thank God for each of you and uh, each of you who are um, watching on, on screen. You might think, okay, I've got lots to disqualify me 
And the churches could write to, could say back to Paul, Paul could say to them, there's lots. But actually, I thank God for you. Because we have family and partnership, he calls them family. Maybe we think, oh, I don't feel very thankful. Actually, if I look around the family, I don't feel very thankful. We need a work of God in our hearts, and I'll come to how that happens in a minute. Friends, as we reconnect, we can find ways. Bless you, someone just got a message. Uh, we find ways to connect, and we find ways that begin to build and bubble that. I thank God for you. Maybe you think, okay, I can't start with all of you, but maybe this week there's a step to take with just one other. You know, I know how it is. Sometimes we, we think, well, I'm going to wait. See, why, why don't we flip it around? Rather than waiting, why don't we take a step, step towards, I thank God for you. Thank God for you and you and you. Don't wait for others. Don't wait to be asked. We can all ask someone else and begin to build and reconnect. So here's the question. How come he's so thankful? And the, um, with that, how can we be so thankful like Paul? Because we want to be like Paul, don't we? How can Paul be so thankful when life seems to bring him trouble? See, he's thankful for the work of God in them. He celebrates not so much what they do, but who they are. Not what they do, but who they are. He celebrates God's work in them. He celebrates God's grace and his love. So Paul's grateful for the relationship, but he's also thankful for God's work. And I wonder, are we thankful when, okay, if people do stuff, we're thankful. But actually, we, we, we could change our focus and we could be thankful for what God has done, not what they do. So in other words, are we pleased and thank grateful when people do tasks? Or are we pleased and grateful for a relationship that isn't task-connected? Okay, maybe there's a shift, because otherwise it's all about performing. And I'm pleased and grateful when you do what I want. How about we celebrate and be grateful that hey, you are. You're my brother, you're my sister. We celebrate God's work in them. So these are the things, these are the things he celebrates. Your faith is growing more and more. That's not a doing thing, that's who they are. The love you have for one another is increasing, even in persecutions and trials. You're enduring who they are. They're enduring, they're persevering, they're loving, their faith is growing. That's who they are. It's not about what they do. Because friends, if you're like me, what we do goes up and down depending on energy and enthusiasm. But who we are, our journey in him gives us, isn't it great? I can look around the room for each of us and know you each, we each have a story of growing in faith and perseverance. And because of that, we can give God thanks. Suddenly it's not about, okay, you need to measure up. No, it's about who we are. Maybe there's things that Paul's not so thrilled about. You know, maybe if he was writing to me to us, I don't know. But he focuses on God's good work in them. He focuses on God's love poured out and God's grace. The faith, of, faith is growing. He focuses on God's work. Is that how we are too? Or are we quick to spot things people haven't done? And Paul focuses on God's work. God's work in them. And we can see that goodness across the church, can't we? How did Paul know? Well, Timothy went and brought back a report. How can we find out? Well, let's share stories. 
Wouldn't it be great to have on Sundays a queue of people? I just want to share a little story. It's quite ordinary, but God was good in faithfulness to me, like well, however it was. And as we share our stories, we can celebrate. As we communicate, we celebrate and grow thankfulness. Oh, isn't it great? The way that so-and-so has persevered as being faithful. And then do you see Paul's thankfulness? It overflows into boasting. He says, I always ought to thank God for you, brothers and sisters. And rightly so, your faith is growing more and more. And the love all of you have for one another is increasing. There among, therefore, among God's churches, we boast. We boast. What about your perseverance and faith? Who you are. We're boasting about who you are in all the persecutions and trials. Wow. What could we boast about Open Door? Our generosity our faithfulness, our obedience following him over many years. But here's the thing. Maybe you think, and often when we hear talks about being thankful, we think, oh, I must try being, I must try and be a bit more thankful. You ever thought that? Okay, I must try. And people say, practice thankfulness. I mean, being thankful is good. My mum told me that. Yeah, make sure you say thanks. Please and thank you. But, but the thing is, Saying thank you, outward behaviour, when it's not really from our heart. Do you know that's, ultimately that's dead work. Ultimately, it's not reality. Ultimately, it's religious. It's dead work. Okay, I will try and be thankful and I'll be thankful in church. But actually, there's no life to it. Friends, I need, we need God's work of grace in our hearts. And there's hope. So here's the thing. Stick with me. And we're going to finish with bread and wine on this journey, you'll see. You see, when Paul uses the word thankful, I'm thankful to God for you. Do you know what the word thankful in the original language is? It's the word Eucharisto. Eucharist. Eucharisto. Paul says, I am Eucharisto for you. I'm Eucharisto for you. I, I'm so full of Eucharisto for you, Corinthian church. I'm full of Eucharisto for you, Philippian church, Colossian church, Thessalonian church. Friends, at the root of the word Eucharisto, Eucharisto. Do you know the word, anything about Greek, Eucharis, charis, charis, means grace. At the root of, of thankfulness is grace. Friends, the answer to us bubbling over and Paul bubbling over with thankfulness is to receive the grace that's at the root of it. And friends, so often we try and be thankful, but we've missed receiving the grace. And the answer, I believe, that Paul could be so thankful to all these churches that were a right old mess. He was so thankful because he had received God's grace for himself and everything else was an expression of God's grace around him. So friends, the answer to our thankfulness isn't to try hard, oh, I've got to find something. No, it's to receive God's grace to the depth that Paul had. To receive God's Eucharist, his grace. To receive and be thankful to God. Paul's received that. He's so full of the Eucharist of God towards him. He overflows with grace and Eucharist towards others. That's why he can start every time being so fully. And that's why he keeps saying grace and peace to you. Why? Because he's received grace and peace. He's received Eucharisto. 
I've received grace. And I know you've received grace. And if you're here looking in, watching in, think, how can I do that? The grace comes from a person. It doesn't come from behavior. It comes from a person. It comes from the encounter of Jesus Christ. That's who Paul met. The terrorist hunting Christians. You can read about it um, in Acts chapter 9. He hunts Christians down, but he meets the Jesus who died on the cross and rose and ascended. And his life is changed. And he realizes from that moment on, the grace of God. The grace of God is at work in me. So friends, let's start by receiving the Eucharist of God for us. You think, where's that from? So, remember this passage. Jesus in the upper room with his disciples. Okay, after taking the cup. Okay, so Jesus having a meal, lounging around as they do, Middle East style. But they're passing cups and the bread is passed over time. They were good Jews. They would have done that. Jesus takes a cup. And he takes some bread. And he took the bread. And he gave thanks. Jesus gave Eucharisto. Jesus gave grace. Jesus gave thanks and said, this is my body. Jesus is identifying with the bread and in the bread there's the thankfulness and the grace of God all meeting in one and Jesus' body about to be broken like the bread he was breaking. He took the bread, he gave Eucharisto and he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Jesus gave thanks. Jesus gave thanks for breaking the bread because he was giving God thanks for us. He was expressing grace towards us. Isn't that a wonderful saviour we have? He's there, breaking the bread, thinking this is my body literally to be broken. And he gives thanks. That's what Paul had caught. God has given thanks for the work of Jesus in our lives. That's what caught Paul with so much grace and he bubbled over it to say, Corinthians, Thessalonians, I give thanks for you. Friends, and that's the answer for us. Receive the grace of God in our lives and then we bubble over with grace and thankfulness around us. So if you think, I feel short of thankfulness. I feel short of thankfulness in God. I feel short of thankfulness for other people. Friends, it's the grace of God is the answer. It's not to try and be hardened. Try and be thankful. It's to receive the grace of God. So we're going to do that. We're going to take bread it's very small, uh, but in these days. So we're going to remember. Uh, if, there's, if you're short, there's some on the table just at the back by the PA booth. If you're short of these little tubs. But remember, Jesus took bread. Okay, it's under the very sort of top layer, very thin. Jesus took bread and he saw it as grace. So when we take it, we are receiving grace from Jesus. Yeah? Keep, my, keep your focus on me. When we receive this bread, when you take it, and we're having to do it individually, uh, but we're receiving grace 
Friends, as we do this, we're looking at the body that was broken on the cross. And Jesus gave thanks. When Jesus broke it for you, for his disciples, he gave thanks. Friends, I want us to see the smile of God. I want you and I to see the smile of God, the grace of God towards you. You think, oh, I've got so much disqualified. Friends, when will we believe the grace and the smile of God? When will we believe that the cross was enough? Or we will we forever keep ourselves to one side? You think, I must, I must, I must pay for something. I must carry something. I, I pray, God, forgive me. All the times I say your cross isn't enough. Every time we lean away from grace, every time we lean into a bit of performance, we're saying the cross wasn't enough. I say, God, forgive me for that wrong thinking, for that, that I must somehow achieve something. You now, Jesus, the bread was broken so you and I could know wholeness. Are you sick today? So we receive the grace of God for his wholeness. We are fed by Jesus, the bread of life. Are you hungry for some meaning, for some sense of direction? Be fed by the bread of life. I, I need God to receive it. Do you feel dirty? Separated from holiness, Jesus gave thanks. So here are disciples, my body. We meet God through Jesus and all he offered. And none of us need be outside. And maybe you've never found home. What is it like to receive Jesus a meal? He says, I'll come to your door and knock. If you open the door, I'll come in and serve a meal with you. So let's receive the meal. Whether you want to stand, kneel, sit, let's take a moment to look at the cross, the bread that was broken, and receive it. Let's do that. Jesus. I'm just going to turn my mic off, otherwise you just listen to me praying. Feel another layer. And let's drink. Let's celebrate. Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant, the new way of relating to God. Any other way is old, is deficit, but now we have a new way which is poured out for you. It's the kingdom of God. Lord, release your kingdom among us as we drink to your kingdom. 
It's a drink of victory. The enemy's defeated. Power and victory is now in our lives. Oh Lord, thank you. Paul, Silas and Timothy, to the church of Thessalonians, in God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. In God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, we always thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. The love every one of you have for each other is increasing. Lord, come on us. Lord, as we receive your grace more and more, for we overflow with thankfulness of brothers and sisters. Come, oh God, on us. Come and renew us. Come and strengthen us. Come and flood us. Come and join us like bones to bones and joints and body. Oh God, pray for your grace upon each of us. Amen. Amen. Just pray your blessing. God, your grace. Blessing. Holy Spirit, come. Let's finish where we started. Lord, come and fill us. Lord, fill us. If you want to be filled afresh with God's Holy Spirit, we'd love to pray for you. So we can do that sort of at slightly extended distance. So just actually, what if you want to be filled with the Spirit of God afresh for this week? Why don't you just stand where you are? God, just come and fill me. And then if you're near. You're near people that are standing. Let's just reach our hands towards God. Come, come and fill. Come and fill with wisdom. Let's pray. Church, let's be a, bring a blessing to those saying, Lord, come and fill. Fill, Holy Spirit, fill. If you're sat with someone and you're like in your bubble, put your hands on their shoulder. Lord, come and fill. Lord, I pray, come, Holy Spirit. Come and fill. God, come. Come, Lord. Come. Come with your grace. Come with your power. Come with your revelation. Oh, God. God bless you. Come, God. Come, oh, God. Come. Oh, God. Oh God, we pray. Father, thank you. 